1: Where to hunt podcast. It's it's okay. It's it's okay. It's it's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Man, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bowhunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's
2: decent. Uh, It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching and Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right.
0: Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts, aka the OKest podcast in the Midwest. Coming at you from the OKS Hunter podcast studio. Head on over to uh, OKSHunter.com. Not uh, OKS Hunter, but just OKSHunter.com. And use code w 2 h Podcast for 10% off of some of their merch, some of their swag. They just released a new uh, Shed Full of Sheds t-shirt and stickers are on the way. So that's pretty neat. If you are into shed hunting and you want to have a shed full of sheds, or if you don't and you can only dream like the rest of us OKS Hunters, then this is the shirt for you either way. And, uh, you know, also want to call out our friends Backwoods Grind Coffee. Head over to BackwoodsGrind.com. You can use code w 2 H Podcast for 10% off. I'll save you the bumper this week. But those guys were at the Iowa Deer Classic, and a couple of folks stopped by their booth to say they heard of them from the podcast. So thanks, everybody, for doing that. Um, one of our other friends was very clumsy and knocked over some of their glass <laughs> stuff and made a big mess. I got to hear that story. Uh, so let's... I think pretty damn funny, but you know, good coffee. You're just not going to be let down. I've been drinking uh, way more of it than usual. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just drinking a lot of coffee these days. Like,
2: gee, I wonder why. Yeah.
0: Um, And I wanted to let everybody know that Spartan Forge sponsors our call in line and our video chat feature. So if you want to call in and talk to us over the phone uh, the number's on the screen. It's 262 757 Or you can, uh, after about 30 minutes in the show, I'll, I'll drop the video link so you can come in via video if you'd like. And check out Spartan Forge. Go over to spartanforge.ai and make sure that if you're going to sign up, you do it soon. And use our code W2H because you're going to save 20% off. And that's like 15 to 20 bucks, I think, for the year that you could save. Um, they're adding a ton of new features. And that's going to be released. And once that happens, that's when that price increase is going to happen. So like get over there and use that code sooner than later. Uh, There really is some urgency behind that. You can use the code later too, but you're just gonna save more money now because they're going to grandfather people in if you're in now. So um, urge you to check that out. And if you don't know what it is that they do, um, they're a uh, data-driven machine learning AI platform that helps with deer predictability as far as how deer are going to move, when they're going to move, and how they're going to move through a certain piece of terrain among a lot of other stuff that is coming down the pike. So check those guys out. And shout out to the guys that keep us uh, nice and thirst quenched here, Drop Tine Spirits. We got another case of their stuff coming over here. So if you haven't tried Drop Tine Spirits, they're coming to more and more grocery stores near you as we speak. They're getting the products everywhere. So that's what we got. Greg, how you doing?
2: I'm all right, man. How are you?
0: Good. We just got through all of those. So it took, it took a minute. I like... It's all right. I like your deer background. I went shed hunting over the weekend and really the best part of that was just see my dog running around because we didn't find anything, but lots of sign, did some scouting, found some other tree stands, which I didn't expect to see. Uh, so now i got some more markings on my onyx all lit up.
2: Yeah, it's good to know where other people are hunting. So you're not going in there.
0: Precisely. Mm-hmm. I did find some buck bedding. I did find a lot of uh, buck turds <clears throat> now that I know what those look like. Thanks to, to you from a couple of years ago as they say hunt the turd and right. you did find a shed
2: yeah found one matched up uh, the other side to another one a friend of ours found uh, back in the beginning of february it's funny he found it right behind the barn right off the tractor path and then i found the matching side probably about three thousand three thousand yards away from where he found the other one so both sides were on the property and uh, he, He's got a matching set in his garage now. I gave it to him because what am I going to do with it? It's kind of cool to have a match set. So, other than that, I got a lot of uh, a lot of hiking in. Put in about five miles worth of, of hiking. Uh, collected a couple cameras that I had way back on the public. Um, otherwise, it's just a good day to get out and walk. Yeah, that's what what I nice it's a beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: totally agree. All right, so we're gonna bring Andre on. He is hanging out with us here, Andre DeQuisto from lone wolf custom gear
1: there you, you go.
0: there we are we got you
1: there it is man i missed all your advertising shit <laughs> oh no
0: <laughs> you lucked out you lucked out you we lucked do it every up. week so
2: you didn't have to
1: endure that you to turn a little bit too
0: no we're happy to have you thanks for racing home to get to where you got some salary sorry reception. about
1: being late uh
0: No worries. No worries. You're not actually that late at all. You're pretty much right on time.
2: Yeah, you worked out perfect.
1: Great.
0: And we can see you mostly pretty good, I think, here. I think I can actually, uh, I can maximize you, so it's just you. Look at that. There he is. So there's the man right there. Look at that beard.
1: Happy birthday. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's right. It's still up. uh... (laughs) Yep. Six (laughs) big ones, brother. That's great. (laughs) That's
0: great. I'll bring it back down to normal size here. Uh, thanks for joining us. I mean, I think most people in our community, the whitetail hunting community, know who you are. So you kind of don't need much of an introduction, but you know, if you can just uh, tickle our fancy here and tell us, you know, who you are, you're kind of like the godfather, if, if you ask me.
1: <laughs> so I'm basically the uh, the founder of Lone Wolf Brands from way back in the in the day, uh, Lone Wolf Tree Stands. Um, I retired for about 12 years and Came out of retirement to do this thing called Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Now, um, so we brought Whitetail Diction's back. Um, some of our younger um, members. Uh, we created a page, so we're getting a little involved in that. And all this uh, technical uh, stuff we're doing now, I'm starting to get a little involved in it, but still don't understand half of it. So,
0: yeah, you've, been doing, you've been doing a good yeah. job. You know, you're you're definitely showing up everywhere that people listen and pay attention. So it's not like you're not there. I mean, you're, you're everywhere. And, and you know what, I mean the product side of things is where it's at anyways, you get product led growth and, and that carries the day. You could have the best market in the world, but if you've a ship product, who cares? You have, the, yeah. you have both firing on all cylinders. So you're, you're in a great position.
1: And that's been our model from day one. We've always, and right now we're still, we're, we're listening to what the customers saying. We're still making improvements, making these things even fold together a little better. Um, you take your new wares out to, you, hunt with a season and you find the little bugs that are in there and you just, you just work them out. So, um, yeah. and boy, there's a, there's enough of suggestions out there now with just about everybody's doing. Uh, what I started doing years ago in a garage is hunt all season and then take your equipment and, and whatever bug the hell out of you, you tear it down, you mod it and you, uh, you get ready for next year. And apparently a bunch of guys are getting ready for next year right now. Cause, uh, I'd like to have a break, but we're still building and shipping and it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> how it's going so
0: it's a good problem to have i suppose greg's one of those guys
1: <laughs> yeah
0: he's riding me pretty hard eric you better get to this you better get to that and i'm like yeah yeah greg you're gonna help me anyway so
2: yeah i'll do it for you don't worry
0: mm-hmm. greg likes to hold my hand that's what that's what it comes down to But
2: About this year you're on your own
0: we'll see you're bringing a bow over to my house on thursday so i mean you're I starting know. to year up on the wrong foot if that's the case
2: yeah oh, shit
1: I I got a package of a bunch of our new stuff I've been waiting for uh, uh, to get moving on, uh, doing the big 2.0 and then some new, new stick designs and things. So we just received those. So I've been anxious to get hold of those and get them right in production. So um, we're just going to stay busy right now. So I know it's going to happen, you know, you're going to come up out of this and all of a sudden it's going to be September again and it's going to be, here we go again. So I hope this year I get uh, an October back because I lost pretty much one last year and And I ain't got many more. So I don't want to lose another one. So, so favorite year.
2: Yeah.
0: You're always on, you're always ahead of the curve, perceivably. Like you, you've done such a good job of listening to your customers that you've created such demand in what you're doing. Um, and, and it's no doubt that, that your product is at the top of its class. There's not a better product. When I talked to Cody, um, last year in season, you know, he talked about, it's a system and, Many people are just building like a single serving product, which is fine. It's solving a very acute issue, but then it's leaving everything else out of the equation. So even like the backpack that you guys just launched, that I was looking at, it fits the stand perfectly. It addresses so many concerns that us whitetail guys have. It's just, it's crazy how, how far reach your thought process goes when you think about these things, the blinders are certainly not on at all.
1: No, I'm, I'm constantly, uh, that's all I do. Um, I don't, insomniac. I don't sleep at night. And, uh, the wheels are constantly turning, so um, the backpack's something that's been bugging me for for years, and I've just been modding ones that were out there and making it. Um, I mean, I don't even know sometimes where some of these designs come from. I had uh, one year little story. I had a backpack. I thought I had my system all in, and uh, I had my new camera in there. I'm up the tree and uh, snags a branch. thing peels open like a banana. My new camera goes flying out. All my equipment, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> I just don't get it, so um you want to you want to lose some stuff out of ours now you're gonna have to lift me upside down and shake me uh shake me down to get anything out of it but um no it was a that was one of the thrills this year is developing that through the season and um a lot of the novelty off of this product is gone for me um but that was like a little excitement to be able to make some changes as we went through the season and i got a bunch of packs that you know just constantly changed and uh, i think we got to pretty much pinned down
0: and how do you so you talk about like how fast september is going to come up and and we'll get into some tactical whitetail stuff too but like i have some itches that i want to selfishly scratch here it's really hard to like set a goal as a business and be like here's the here's the rock or here's the goal or here's the the milestone and let's go and do this thing and a lot of people they they build the cart and it starts to go and the wheels start to fall off and then you never get to the destination not only are you able to get there but you're doing it so so efficiently, like. I don't know. Are you running like a process in the bit like you must be doing some really some things really right to be able to be able to do that that way um, in that type of cadence. That's not normal. That's not normal for any business in this space or elsewhere.
1: It's funny because my I got a partner that's a patent attorney and um, he gave me a nice pat on the back and and he just said he says he's like I I would deal with thousands of guys over the years. He's a uh, the billion dollar Cap fund that he's um, company he's working with, and he says he's never seen somebody with with the nuts and bolts of the way I think about things, and I think that's got to do with just the personality trait I had from little on up, and uh, always tearing stuff apart and trying to get, make stuff better. um We're looking at the product now; there is no way to get any more compact and streamlined. And I'm still thinking, man, how could I do this? How can I make, take this thing a little bit, you know, maybe a half inch thinner or? Um, I think we're there with a lot of it, uh, and the double steps are coming along great. All of this stuff's a, a great process. I got my uh, son to inspire me a little bit when I get a little lazy. I'm a little older now. You know, he's running like I was running full out years ago, and and he'll push you a little bit, you know. Um, so I'm just I'm just constantly on it, constantly making things better, um, wanting to improve, and I use this stuff. So uh, I can't have anything bugging the hell out of me during the season. And you talk about the system. So we designed this stuff for the general public and I use it a certain way. Like years ago, believe it or not, the cast stands that I had, I had a, a quarter inch milled off the whole bottom of it. I was running lightweight, lighter than everybody was that, but we have guys that are 350 hunting out of it, you know, down to 150. So you had to have that, that big, uh, fact, you know, safety factor in there. Um, so I just constantly modifying, making stuff uh, my way. But then I do listen. And I've listened to other uh, people in the industry, other guys. Uh, my first hang on did not have a seat that flipped out of the way. I was a big sitter, you know, and uh, the guy said, man, you gotta, you got to do something to get this thing to flip out of the way. Because 99% of the guys that stand up in their tree stands flipped their seat out of the way. So lo and behold, we started making the changes and then we've seen the sales. Um, it's even now. I know, I'm not a saddle hunter. Um, but I think, you know, when we designed the first saddles, lightweight saddle stand back in 2006, I designed that with that size and that leveling system, knowing that if I was ever to hunt this style, this is what I'm going to want to have minimum. I didn't know guys were crazy enough to sit on a a couple of steps for fricking eight hours. And you know so, so we're giving everybody what they want. Um, you're going to see some really new groundbreaking innovation in the uh, saddle platforms, um so now i'm starting to think about that a little bit seeing what guys are doing and using them with them and i'm going to give them give them what they want 20 inch steps i can barely reach one but i think 90 percent of the guys out there want a 20 inch step so we got them in uh in our compacts and we got them in our um, double steps now so um and three different size stands big uh, medium and then the uh, the uh the small smallest one there all great great tools for your arsenal and um i didn't know guys uh would buy them all they're using one early season and and switching over into 1.0 and now they can't wait to get a big one for like late season all day sits or whatever so
0: oh yeah that's a good point so you yeah you have like i mean at that rate you have a different tool in your toolbox for all sorts of different situations and setups and trees and you know if you're a mobile hunter no two spots are really ever the same you're you're on the move sometimes multiple times on the same hunt but certainly on, on multiple hunts, you're, you're not trying to go back to those same spots.
1: Yeah, and guys, uh, I don't know if you guys realize that, but even on private land, we're we're running and gunning. We're moving around constantly. I got a hunter stand sitting on this thing. If you go take some pictures of them now, they're all grown in. And some of them, you don't, know, 90% of them, you don't even sit in a year. They just were there thinking it would be, you know, it's a hot spot at a certain time where it was hot uh, all the big deer I shoot, I end up having to just get down, go grab my portable stuff and, and go after them, even on a, a private piece. So, um, mobility is it. I think everybody's figured that out now. Um, we listen to the stories of customers that got our equipment and then went out the first couple of years or the first time out in there. And I'm like, why ain't it ha-? You know, they're shooting a deer in the first day in or second day. in. I so, what the hell's going on here? You know, <laughs> like, but, uh, it's, it's great to see these guys doing what, you know, what I did years ago. And I, uh, I'm kind of living, and we get to watch the page and um, and see the success that they're having. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. Um, bringing back a lot of old memories, and um, I'm gonna do this till I till I fall over dead out in the woods. So
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't know any. I mean, not that you don't know anything else, but like, it's pretty obvious that this is what you were meant to do with your life, and it's funny some people like get turned off by maybe their own stuff even like your stuff is so good that even if i made my own thing i would be like i still want that one because it's going to serve my needs better so you're using all of your stuff when you're out there and do you think that i think i know what the answer is but i'm asking the question anyways because i want to hear your thoughts on it but do you think that's contributed to some of the success that you've had as being an innovator on the product side to enable you to be a better hunter
1: oh i think that um you know obviously that uh you're going to get to stand, you're not going to go out. And elect, I, I heard a few guys on pages that it's not all about the equipment. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, the way I hunted, it was all about the equipment. Shaving off a pound more of a stand for an entire season. I, I think a lot of guys don't realize that when, when I started out, I was like everybody else, working 40 hours a week, running this business. I got my weekends, my vacation. I'd run up north, run, run myself ragged, just about figure a deer out and have to come back to work. Well, eventually evolved into where the business went to where I didn't have to go back to work. I started hunting four months a year, every day, every morning, every evening, in a stand, scouting, hunting. And when you start doing that, any little thing that that's wrong with something is going to just bug the hell out of you. And we talk about a system. Even if I were to change my system up a little bit, it's almost like everybody, I don't know if you guys are probably fishermen, like it's your first time out on a lake all your shit, you ain't got your shit together, your equipment's there, you're, you're fumbling around. When you get your system down and you keep it the same, you go out there and it's it's like an extension of your body. To go up to a tree, climb up it, get in there, set up, you don't know, like it, looks, you, you, you tear down, you move out. Uh, man, I was running the uh, toward the end there. Finally had a good buck show up in my property. I've been waiting for all year and I had the time now. Uh, Cody gave me kind of the back of the property. He stayed up front, and I had a ball. It was like old times. Every set was a different set, running and gunning. And just it was, it was like I was a kid again, you know, and that uh, I had the 1.0 and the, uh, the uh, compacts, the new system with the J-hooks and the backpack. I'm telling you, it's just, it, it, it is there now. So any little mods you want to do to that, uh, you're welcome to do it. But I think we got that system down.
0: That's cool. Yeah, the keyword being system. I just can't get over that. I can't stress that enough that if you buy something of yours, it's like, take all of my money because I have to buy the next thing that goes with this because it's designed to work together. So why would I spend it somewhere else? I was just, Greg and I were just talking about this before we got on with you. Like, you know, a backpack isn't, isn't inexpensive. It's also not terribly expensive, but even if I'm going to go buy a decent one from some big box store for 80 bucks, it's still a total piece of shit. Like the zipper's already broken, so I'm not trying to throw eighty dollars on the toilet. I'd rather spend more money to get some quality that's going to work with how I'm doing stuff. Anyway, that's my little rant. We got a couple comments coming in. Breaking
1: up a little bit there, but anyhow, (laughs) sorry, Uh, Cody. So we're we're saying the same thing, you know. Man, I could get I get that backpack for you know less money, and it's got all this and it's got all that. That's the point. I don't want all this. I don't want all those extra packs. I don't want. The way that it's designed, it's not, most of the stuff's geared for Western hunting. It's always been. And somebody's seen somebody doing a backpack and they went ahead and they did what they did in a different company and really didn't do an invasion. This is more geared for me. When I go in, I want to get in quiet. I want to get set up. I don't want to, you know, how many times have I dropped my pack off the uh, deal or couldn't see in it or um, couldn't reach something? I can set this pack off to the side of my stand now. And literally without even looking over there, I open up the two main pouches. I can access 18 compartments with one hand, not even looking that way at any time I want. And it just, it just works for what I'm doing. You know, where are the old packs, uh, man, I, it was a pain in the ass just to get my camera and my arm on there. It. it was a major ordeal just in the morning to get that out of here. It's stuck in there. It's, it's binding and it's, um, I'm a, <laughs> I'm an anal son of a bitch. So, Um, I like to have my shit together and, um, and everything organized and like in the right place. So,
2: right. Well, and it makes things go a lot smoother and you're quiet. Like, just like you said, I mean, I got to fight with getting my camera arm out, Mm. my camera, Uh, you know, I'm trying to strategically pack an extra jacket. I'll wrap the the camera in a a jacket and I'll have something else on top of that, maybe an extra strap or something. I'll have all this crap in my pack and yeah, I can probably shed some of that and not worry about filming what I'm going to miss anyway, or not see, but it, it's still nice to have something set up where the arms going on one side, the, you know, the, maybe the, the fluid heads going in another pocket, uh, the base, whatever. And then your, your extra jacket goes in the bottom of the pack and then you have a divider in there and then your camera sits on top. Mm -hmm. You know,
1: you you got a system down, Pat, and you've probably been doing this for a lot of years. And when you get that, uh, even with the stand that we had before, I gave it to the consumer. I had my system. Cody had his system. Some other guys had theirs. Now we're kind of because we get a lot of input from uh, customers on these pages and stuff. And I didn't realize that there's a lot of guys just getting into it and haven't gone through all the bullshit we've gone through. So uh, we're kind of fixing that all the problems and all the learning curve that we went through, you don't have to go through anymore. You could get that practice up with it, get, get good with it. And then you can still put your little two cents in there. Like, I can't wait to see what the guys, uh, uh, like this new pack. Now you can pack sticks in both the side compartments. They're big enough strap stands on. Um, I want to see what the saddle hunters will do with, um, this, and I'm, I'm coming up with a, a stand specifically for that, a smaller one that will attach to like the, the backpack. Um, but I see guys with all kinds of systems. I think what I, I I'm, my next step's going to be is actually take some gear, go up to a tree, set it up and do some YouTube videos. Um, I cannot believe the guys that are throwing belts <coughs> hitting yourself in the head. And I'm like, has anybody ever figured out to use your stick as an extension of your arm and just hook the, hook the belt, reach around it? And somebody's seen that on a video and said, holy shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm like what do you mean holy shit you haven't, you haven't figured this out <laughs> and you're trying to catch this belt and catch this belt and i'm why don't you just take the stick b bracket and uh so a lot of simple stuff like that but we take for granted um one of your videos I almost pissed my pants when i seen your video on oh the, the
0: me throwing the stick <laughs> that's real life that's not <laughs> a
2: joke that, no joke it is <laughs> hey well, i don't throw my, them always mom, but
1: in my mommy falls in my swamp i had a buddy come out from uh New York and hunt with me, and he was that guy. And that's when I just, I made those pins interlock for all the shit. <laughs> as soon as one day he's, he's comes with a big bundle of sticks under his hand, clinking it, just sounded like a bulldozer coming through. Them. I'm a like, shit. We got to take care of this, you know. So you modify it. Um, I didn't have the problems with it, but apparently other guys did. So uh, yeah. funny, funny stuff though. Yeah, you want to have a that- good
0: product tester? You send some shit my way. I'll I'll, I'll find all the stuff. <laughs> I'm but the dumbest <laughs> idiot out there, man. When it comes to some of that stuff, it's just. It's just, I, I'm a total, like my last name doesn't show that I'm actually Polish. My mom's maiden name is Rakowski. So I'm a Polak man. I make everything difficult. I do it all the hard way. It's just how I am. It's just a a a pain in the uh,
1: ass. Do the same, but uh, I do have a few key guys too that, um, you know, I give them a shit and I say, okay, you know, you're, you're pushing around 250 wreck this son of a bitch. Go abuse it. See what you can do with it. You know, try and destroy it type of thing. So, uh, yeah, I'll get some stuff your way. That we uh, um, figure out some great little. Uh, My video
0: little won't things. be as funny the next time. i be like, well, this was easy. <laughs> yeah, be like well, I, what the hell?
1: Really this isn't I funny anymore. waiting for us. Uh, he's done, backed up and out. So, yeah. You know.
0: yeah. I think Cody sent me a message. He's like, man, if anyone needs this stuff, it's you. I'm like, I, I know. I'm serious. You know, I really, I truly need it. It's like a problem for me. I, I just make everything so damn hard. But, you know, that being said, it's probably a decent segue into you know, finding the deer, like you, you can have all this gear, but you still need to know how to get on the animal and figure that out. And I know Greg was talking with you a little bit about um, hunting over scrapes. I mean, scrapes are a huge communal spot for whitetails. It's where they do other communication. They smell at the molecular level. They know that it's Susie the deer and Joe the buck and they, they know who has been to the scrapes. So identifying which ones to set up on and how to set up on them and which wind direction days, etc. Um, you know, is that an area that you have some some success with that you're able to speak to?
1: I've been, uh, I've been hunting scrapes for same with moon and you know, all this new stuff that's coming out and around. i you know, kind of figured that out years ago on my own. Uh, but yes, um, somebody, I think, uh, I'm trying to think of Robert from the buck junkies made, the uh, uh, he said it best though on a post, uh, hunting scrapes sometimes could be fool's gold. Hmm. We all know, you know, you put your cameras out, you see the stuff, you, and you hunt these things and it's like a ghost town. There are short windows for that stuff, and and if you're in the window, it could be, it could be the the shot or the uh, the buck dropping his guard for that short little window. Maybe it's a three or four day period, and if you're on it and waiting for it, fine. But a lot of times you'll you know, and then when, when that dries up a little bit later, and you, you know everybody's sitting these scrapes and hunting them, and they're not seeing shit. The deer are already out. They got does. They're running them. So it's, a, there's a, there's a big process on all the way through it. Um, so I, I utilize them. Um, some of these biggest bucks I've hunted over scrapes early on. Uh, I realized they almost checked that thing. Like you're hunting a bait or something and they get downwind right at dark and they just stay back there and they don't come out and you'll, you'll break down and get down and all of a sudden, you know, the deer will blow out or he didn't exactly know you are there. Um, but so there it's a, and there's some guys that have, a lot of their hunting techniques are on scrapes. So we got some guys on our pages too that are pretty, uh, and they're making these mock scrapes. And boy, for me, that was all years ago. Taboo, sense, lures. Um, no sense is the best sense is what I said years ago. There was so much pressure and so many other guys. My motto was, and, and people think that, Jesus Christ, this guy runs all over hell. He busts your out, he screws everything up. I stir the whole pot up, but the spot of my ambush I know what I've done, and it's a clean ambush. And when these deer come into that area and go through it, for that particular spot, they ain't got a clue what's going on. And that's how I like to hunt—complete and utter surprise. Um, we were just talking about it again. The guys were really wanting to do some. Of, they took some of my old videos and some of these world-class deer, or even decent deer that are, you know, some very good shooters that I'll be letting walk i think the kids found a video in the drawer once that and like where the hell is this spot dad on this land just letting these nice monster deer just hit them and not having a clue you're there at 15 yards you're doing something right with your wind and you're doing something right with your setup and the setup for a big white everybody's getting cracks at the big white tail. everybody's on to them you got to close the deal and that's where the that's where it's 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 won or lost so um i think i've kind of mastered that over the years or screwed up enough that i've I've learned. So uh, I'll put it that way.
0: I'm like a Tommy boy when I've had, I think, three-ish years now of these close encounters with bigger deer for me, for sure. Some very, very large. And I'm like, now that I've never been in this zone, though, I've never been to this point. So this is new for me. So even though I've bridged the gap to get me to have eyes on these things and have a potential opportunity, that gap to close now is as far as it was to like learn how to get to
1: that you know, spot
0: because now it's yeah, like you're in the red yeah. zone and everything is different.
1: Even when a draw or all the last minute details of closing that deal, not drawn too you know, too early or too late. There's, there's so much to it. That's uh, um, and it becomes kind of almost in, instinctive for me. It's been, a, a, uh, I went back again for a year. I don't know why I've done it years ago. And I came back again uh, and put a peep sight in a bow. I don't know why the hell I have a peep sight in the bow. I, I, I kind of shoot with a pins but I shoot instinctive and that little bit of one extra thing to line up. Cause I can't do a bow every time I draw it. It's been, I've been doing it for 40 years. It's just nature for me. So now I got to tilt the bow forward, center the pin. And it's like, to me, it seems like a million hour process that has to be done where before, man, I get that baby back. I put that pin on and just let her rip. And I don't even know, remember even aiming at the deer, but <laughs> she, she settles into a good spot. So uh, I'm probably gonna go back to to my old, uh, style and that, but, but all the stuff it's, you know, you do it so long and so, uh, so much that it becomes uh, again, second nature, just like your equipment. Uh, but going back to the uh, closing the deal or you're getting your shots. Um, just going from a certain class deer to the next, almost like uh, I'll go back to fishing again, man, I just got a new boat. It's got better equipment, better this, better that. How come I can't get a goddamn fish? I'm not, used to this setup, you know, and then once you learn it, you become a machine, it becomes an extension of you and you just, you just go at it hard. So the biggest thing in my career, I think what uh, um, led to a lot of my success was when I figured out how to get a stand to not squeak. It was what was costing me everything. I was petrified to death that this deer was going to come in on the wrong side, or I was going to have to make a move. That's why where I sit now, I'll be seated. I'll have a bow on my, uh, knee. I mean, that's all I got to do. And, and I'll have that set up. So the deer will be coming from like behind me and quartering away. And that's all I got to do is make a very small little movement to get back. So I could be covered up with other deer. Um, but man, I wish if somebody had the videos of some of the things I get up, turn completely around, have a deer, you know, huge buck at like seven yards have to turn all the way around, drop to a knee and, and stretch around the tree and put an arrow on the son of a bitch. I would never a million years, years ago, even, and I'm doing it with no squeaks, no creaks. And it's just cause I'm used to it now. It's like, it's, I take it, take it for granted what I have. So, um, so everybody's got an advantage. You guys want, you know, instead of going back to a recurve and go back to a, a hollow tube stand or expanded metal, one and go chase somebody's deer around now with all the pressure and all the guys after them and have a, there's your, there's your challenge. So.
0: <laughs> the pressure, okay. the pressure is real. I mean, we're, we're in Wisconsin. We're in Southeastern Wisconsin. We're right between Madison and Milwaukee. And, it's a pop. We're, we're right in the middle of two highly densely populated cities. There's not a lot of land that you can go to where you're not going to have pressure. We only ex- and exclusively hunt public property, and it's it's tricky. I mean, like ninety percent of our time is just trying to like. It's not about finding deer tracks and sign. That's everywhere. It's about not finding boot tracks. Yeah. and and then getting on to the, where the deer are at because everyone is a crusader now and everyone has watched whitetail adrenaline and everyone's got all the stuff where they're they're trudging through nasty shit too because it's like a badge of honor they're excited yeah. to take the plunge it's changed it's changed it's so yeah, much different
1: and, and, and I've, I've hunted a lot of that stuff and, and it was more even private with a lot of guys i'd like to have 10 acres with 10 guys on it Ugh. um and I just, dude, I just go read the sign, and I'd find the spots. And uh, you know, years ago, we used to be a to bait. We have, we'd have a piece with ten guys on there. every guy's running a bait on there. It's like a zoo, and it's, it's, um, the deer are doing something. Those deer learn to manipulate people, um, and everybody's still scared to death about bumping deer and doing shit. I've watched deer. I've jumped them out of their beds. I've watched them go back in a thicket, just watching me, letting me walk on by, and then drop down to their front knees and just bed down, and then. Just let me get on out of the way, and I just go to my spot that's set up, and and hunt, and, and stick to my game plan. So, uh, but there's got to be a point in time when you decide that hey, this is getting ridiculous. Uh, like I'd be hunting, and I'd have grouse hunters walk up to me on my, you know, in a stand. Hey, you see anything? And you know, and like <laughs> yeah, I did now, and it's uh, uh, <laughs> it, it's a frustrating deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do admit that what's a little different now is that I used to go to public land to get peace and quiet years ago, thousands and thousands of acres up in Northern Wisconsin. I never seen a guy for four days up in there. All the private ground I had was the pressure. Everybody, you know, the guys would give everybody and their brother permission to hunt. And it was just a, just a zoo. So even though the caliber bucks were, were bigger, uh, it was closer to home. I still used, I just enjoyed that, uh, getting up in that pristine country. And, uh, you know, I had two piece climber back then. That was my first mobile unit. And I would just strap her on and go, and it was uh, some of the best days I think I've had uh, hunting whitetail. So it's cool.
0: I talk a lot about it on this podcast. You know, my dad's a listener, and you know he's he's a tinker. He just did a whole bunch of stuff and and did his own setup with some climbing sticks that he has, and and he's like, you know, he, he'd put a lot of effort into it. Maybe not a lot. I mean, he's about the okayest hunter too. But um, you know, he used to take me to the Nicolet National Forest when I was a kid, and I still miss that dearly. It was it's different than anything else. It's it's desolate. There's, predata- there's predation up there you have to, like, be mindful of to some degree. At least in the back of my mind when you're in pitch black, you know, <laughs> National Forest, I'm like, there could be a pack of wolves, there could be a cougar, there I could be a bear, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's so a- I, here's a funny story. I ran into a guy like that once on public land. I'm hunting a field edge, so obviously it stays a little lighter on the field edge, and you get back in that timber, and it is black before it even closing. on and this young kid comes out and he's like, look, you go spooked like a ghost. substitute." dude, it's, it's freaking prime time. What are you doing? You know? And we both had permission to hunt the property. So, and I just basically, I kindly asked him, I said, you coming back here tomorrow? He says, yeah. I said, good. I ain't, <laughs> I'm getting the hell out of here. Cause he was, you know, getting down a little tour." but he was back in. And like I said, it, it, it gets, it, well, you know, what it is. It can get in- eerie.
0: It can get a little eerie, you know, it, and you could get lost, turned around. And, and that's probably the more dangerous thing is you might not come out of the woods if you Get a little bit turned around, and as a young guy, you know, I didn't. Oh, yeah. uh, you might not know how to read a compass that great, you know, and certainly don't have any cell phone coverage up there. So you need to know how to read a map and a compass to to yeah. navigate a little bit.
1: I was a big compass guy back then, but I I even did back then. I, I'd go so far back in and shoot up and even that big stuff where there's three four miles stretch with no roads, and I end up coming all the way back in somebody's yard so far back, and I'm, I'm going a little too deep. So you know, I I, I learned to read the sign. And get everything else out of your head. What you've been taught, what what, what's going on is going on. And if you see it, believe it, and stick with it. So, and then when you get these hot, red hot spots, you've all probably um, seen them before, where they're so red hot, and you can't. every day it's like that, and you can't believe you're not seeing a deer, dude. It's a shitty moon phase, and they're just they're moving after dark. And now, guys can know that because you have cameras. But think about back when you didn't have cameras. Think about back when you wanted to scout a field and you had to sit it every day for two weeks before the season even started to learn what was going on. It so I could set my camera now on a field on a Plot Watcher and see every deer for the whole frickin' three weeks come in and out, where they come in and out, with one hit of a, a button. And so, technology's out there, but it's weird. You know, it's still. Um, you still got to go in there, and you still got to beat them at their game. So. Yeah,
0: that's it. Once you get in their living room, it's still it's still on. You know, you're still going to be at their level. Um, one of the comments that came through from uh, Roth here, uh, he said, "Ask him when he's getting in, kicking them in the ass to find him. Does he sneakily go about it? Does he just use the wind, or are you going fast as you can to get all the information that you need?" So he's asking how you're approaching uh, the Whitetail.
1: He's asking about the bump and dump. Yeah. Okay. So the, the bump and dumps got so many facets to it, so many different times of years. Where that originated from is I'm, a, I'm an antsy hunter. I love scouting more than I do hunting, and I can't wait to go figure stuff out. So, and I always called it working back. You scout, you set up, you see what happens, and then maybe it's, you're just a little off, and you work that deer back. Or you screw up on them, um, and now that spot's burned up. You go read sign, and you keep working them back. I like to let them have their bed when I can and then um, hunt the edges coming out, field edges, but if they don't cooperate. I'm And now at this state in the game, I'm just hoping they don't cooperate. And I want to take the gloves off and just dive in. So most of my sits now that I'm hunting on, if you watch my videos, every morning, just about every morning I'm in the woods, I have bucks bedded within 50 yards of the stand I'm at. And I even get out of those stands and walk out of there without even bumping those deer out of those beds. I have some setups that are, um, you know, time tested that I've learned over the years. The thermals are right. Uh, I use the lay of the land. They can see me while I'm up in the stand. But as soon as I get down and I crest the hill, I'm on the ground. They're over the other side of it. I could do, I could just do whatever the hell I want. I pack up and get the hell out of there. Um, I actually have a couple of funny little clips this year where I actually got down a, a non-resident buck showed up. Um, so I went and walked up to I could have killed them on the ground with the bow. And then I bumped him again. And I don't even think he believed somebody got that close to him he started heading off and turned around again and gave me a check. I could kill him again. And I just got him the hell out of there. Cause he was, um, he didn't belong in a property, he didn't have big enough headgear. So, um, but the one that lived on it, that was there that I jumped out of there, boy, when he see me, it was looked like he's seen a ghost. It's like, how the hell did, you know, this guy show up so cool. So, um, but to, to go back to the, to answer in that. So while you're scouting, if you're scouting for a particular buck, um, to get a look at them, it's, it's a shame if you bump something and you don't get a look at what it is. So, uh, you can play the wind a little bit and, and you know how those deer use that wind to their favor. So you don't want to let them smell you. Uh, you come in from kind of the side of them and you want to see them before they see you. Um, now with properties like I have now, these properties, I kind of know, I got cameras, I know a buck's on there. I know where they go back in bed. I, I don't have to go and actually bump. I have stands maybe set back in there. Uh, but, I really love to hunt new pieces. And if I were to scout a new piece, I'd want to know what's on it. I'd want to know the caliber. And and again, this comes from back when there wasn't cameras. So uh, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to run that place ragged, find out where everything's bedded, where everything's living. And I always start out with a perimeter check of the whole property. So I get that in my mind and then I dissect it from there. Um, the new th- And the other thing is I'll mention on that, uh, that aspect, with all the guys with the aerials I never used aerials before, and I kind of found a little a little glitch in that aerial scenario. I used the aerial in my mind by doing a perimeter check, reading the sign, and dissecting it inside. I already had an aerial in my head. I didn't have to see it in the sky. But the way I moved through those woods and that terrain, and the way the deer did, I was, it was all wrong in my head. When I went up and got aerials, you know, I started paying people to fly me over my properties in the falls. And I'd see it and i was I didn't even realize those freaking islands laid out the way they laid out. Hmm. And you know what? I probably glad I didn't know. Cause I probably would have went at that a different way reading it. But now that I'm on the ground reading the sign, I'm seeing what the deer are seeing. The deer ain't up there flying and seeing, seeing it from an aerial. They're moving through that terrain of that land, what they got and I'm doing the same. Do you follow what I'm saying? You know, yeah.
0: I, no. I. Yeah. So right, you're seeing it from their perspective, so you have an idea of how they're going to travel it.
1: It doesn't matter if it's north or south or what it is. They're just they're moving from point A to point B. Uh, I'm seeing how they're moving through it, and then when I see it from the sky, it's like, man, I think I would have did this a little bit different. And did it, and, and it's and it's not. So yeah. Um, that's why I always came up with that that perimeter type. Um, uh, looking first, so I'd have that in my in my head a map per se of everything coming in and out of that whole. Squadron, so
0: that's a unique perspective it's not one that i've thought of that you know sometimes your human advantage might be too much you you because then you're going to think about it maybe the wrong way um as compared to like, like look the deer I don't, don't freaking know anybody
1: but there is no way you are going to figure out where a big guy is living embedded from an aerial or a map you're just not doing it you're getting good intel the lay of the land you can see spots that you think man this is a this is a bottleneck pinch point you know you go there and and then you read the sign from there but when you go through and I watch it, I mean, I see a lot of these big bastards, um, climbing up shit that a goat wouldn't fricking attempt to climb up and come up on a bed or they'll take the funnel way wide and high on a, a rock ridge that you couldn't even hunt if you tried to get them. And you read that sign and you know, they're doing that. So you bought, you know, back out of that and you, you hunt them accordingly. So, um, again, I lay that all out in my head. Um, and then I have that picture, that mechanical picture in my mind of everything coming in and out of there. Then when I find something in the middle of it, holy shit, you know what? I don't even have to hunt. I ain't got to get back into this hellhole right in his bedding area. I can see where that sucker's jumping a row, jumping into this whole block. I'm going to go hunt him over there. Where I got that's, a nice, easy access, and I'm going to kill him.
0: So That's really smart because you don't have to work that hard sometimes. Uh, two more questions in line here. Andre, I'm glad that you're doing this Q&A stuff. This is like where the rubber meets the road. This is where I think it's really good for the, the audience. There's Greg. Um, where were you, Greg? <laughs>
1: and, uh,
2: I took a little walk today, and, and my buddy Dave wanted to know if I found any sheds. I said no. Oh. I, I, I looked at a new spot, kind of an overlooked spot, and it has a lot of good sign. There's some rubs in there, but they're not tall rubs. So you kind of want to know what I was up to. Oh, great. So I was,
1: so when I just heard from you, it's a good spot, and you don't want anybody else in there, and you can go pound Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody else there, so. Oh, gosh. Yeah, what did you see tonight? Nothing. Where are you hunting tomorrow? I'll come back here one more time. Yeah, oh, no. really? I'll
2: come back here someday. Hunters
0: know. are such fucking liars. Oh, how'd you oh. do? No, I didn't see anything, oh. man. Nothing. Nothing back oh. there. No.
1: So back in the day, my own brother, I let him dive in. The, I'd go off to one side of the road heading in, and then I'd wait for him to leave, and then I'd freaking see if he was cleared, and I'd jump the road and go in the other way and hunt. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, it's, uh, you don't want the company, man. It's, uh,
0: you want to avoid other people. Gavin yeah. asked, uh, any thoughts on doing land tours, on how to read signs, stand setups, access, etc.
1: You know, I, I've had offers to do that, and I've, um, I don't know. That might be something. Actually, we're going to start doing some type of clinics now, but I think they're more for, for product. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I could do some of that stuff for you guys on uh, if if you watch some of them white tail addictions things and um, you can kind of get an idea of how I went about that. But. Um, to go do that on my land or to go to some piece, I, I don't I just don't know if it's it's in in the near future to do that, you know, and yeah. um,
2: it takes a lot of time to do that.
1: Yeah. And it's um, I'd logistics. love to show some guys I have setups, dude, that are just any wind direction I am invincible. I got the thermals figured out. I got shit figured out that, um, we just had a big post. I I wanted to so much jump into this. Uh, um, a lot of the more serious guys, our senior staffs got some of this figured out. And I'm, I'm reading all the posts back and forth on the mobile Hunter United. And I wanted to get in there, but I can't type, I can't spell. And it would take me hours to, to just, I don't have the time. I'd love to do it on this type of, uh, um, thing where we can talk about it. Um, and I could teach some things that I've learned about um, the wind and the whitetail. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's the whole game. You you, you figure that out. Um, you're going to close that. You're going to get, you're going to capitalize. Um, you're not going to constantly be chasing and spooking and um, and screwing spots up. So um, That's the biggest it, game
0: changer for me. And I'm, and I'm a, not, I'm just brand new to this stuff. You know, I'm still so, so in the beginning of it all and, the the wind thing has been the biggest piece for me you know I, I i've never felt more confident in the woods prior to that i just had no idea like the wind's gonna do what the wind's gonna do the deer are gonna come from the deer they come from like how do people know where the hell they're coming from you know i just never had any concept of it i was a total chance hunter and that's not that's not the case anymore
1: and, and sometimes you don't you don't know where they're gonna come from but um i think everybody and there's a lot of serious serious enough guys out there that have figured out we've been hunting the wind for years. So here's a little bit of tidbit. I don't know again, anybody's old enough, even in this audience to remember this years ago, when I hunted whitetail, a deer would not believe its eyes. It had to <laughs> smell what it seen to believe it. That is not the case anymore. And I remember I used to set up purposely, knowing that it was a tight scenario a beaver dam or something that the thing's gonna cross, and you're gonna be in that. You can't get out of that corner line of sight. And I know this deer is gonna freaking crack me. He's gonna see me, so I'm gonna play the game. I'm gonna freeze. I'm gonna squint my eyes. I'm gonna close up. And all of a sudden, they would do that, put their nose up, check nothing, and just come right on down the pike. Dude, these deer now will spot your ass, and they will hit the hills and never <laughs> come back. So. You, you got to play a lot more careful. Um, you got to play the wind, uh, line of sight, everything. Uh, that's where a lot of that hunting lower comes from. Uh, I learned that in the swamps. Like I've seen uh, some of your video clips. You're hunting a lot of the same shit I am. Them, them bogs. You know, you get around the knee highs in there. Um, I would never get in them nice big tamrack trees that you can see everything because as soon as you do that, everything in that swamp just watches you go into your stand, and it's a, it's a it's a fool's game, so – um, you can crawl up on them bucks and them cattails as long as the winds—they don't sell you. Even if they hear you a little bit, they don't know if you're another deer or what the hell's going on. Get in a stand within 50 yards of them big bastards, and they ain't got a clue you're there because they didn't see you. Um, no, so you know, they like, need uh, to be eight,
2: eight feet up. I mean, yep. you're just you're just below their line of sight. You know, staying low enough in the cattails. If you got trees that you can work with, yep, that's over. where stand would be ideal because some of these trees are. I'm hunting in are four inches around, maybe yep. not much bigger.
1: And so, there's not a lot of guys, you know, ambushing those deers in those, in those spots. So that's, uh, and let's go back to the, uh, the height, uh, the one stick
0: have, stuff, that's man. Cool. That's been, that's been the theme of like the last season, 35
1: that's- feet, you know, and, and I agree with you some of them heights you get to the only time I ever hunt high is for, if I got a scenario, I got to get sight out of there. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a mobile hunter and you think you're going to run around the woods and mobily set up 30 foot setups, 30 foot setups take fricking two and a half hours to set up properly and get a stand there. You ain't doing it. So to run around with a couple sticks, like Cody does two or three and get up to a proper height, you can hunt. You can do that efficiently, not sweating up. And you can do that day in and day out and not and not beat the shit out of yourself. Um, some of the spots I had that had that, uh, and I still got a few spots in there, they are more observation. They're down in the bottoms. I have to have that, that height to, to clear out. I go any lower, um, and, and goofy winds and thermals will mess me up, and I, and I use those. But those are set up, pre-set ups on my ground, and I, and I use them for observations. When I slide in, like I did this year, I sat and watched a spot. I, I went into the belly of the beast this year, a spot that I have always hunted around, and seeing all these huge material bucks coming through from all different areas and then heading right up through a, through a drawing. these I call them mountains, Iowa mountains. If, uh, if they're bluffs and rock edges and, uh, uh, and I said, you know what? I'm going to just wait for something decent. If the one I'm after, he shows, then I, I make my move. I'm not going to go in there now. I'm not going to mess with it. So it didn't happen. So I went in and set a set for later in the season uh, and I put that set up and I never went back in there and I waited for the proper winds, the weather, Uh, In the time of the season when that, and I, and I went in there, I had to crack it, the buck I was after. And that damn thing came in, came right under my stand. And lo and behold, he's missing about 15 inches antler and a shit. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me. So that one's not going to be a shooter. And, and, uh, but it was a spot now that I can access from a treacherous mountain slide into the winds. and It was one of those spots you cannot be busted in. And it's going to be for years you know in the future a phenomenal spot if i ever watch the right deer head through that again i can drop in i'll have a stand sitting there i don't even have to go in and, uh, and and set it but it was found by a mobile moving around and um
0: that's that's awesome uh this is good that we're getting questions i got another one i think you know jeff jeff's a good friend of ours um he's saying thank you which is great uh yeah. I, oh, I follow- Jeff! I thought you had a question. What the hell? There's no question here. You're just you're just saying nice stuff. Get out of here he's with just, your nice stuff. Just
1: saying nice things, or pal Jeff. I'm I'm following you. I see you're taking care of your, your boy, and you're doing a good job, man. This
0: boy is a killer. He's
1: a killer. Yeah, that kid's gonna be a, a major killer. And and think of, I guess I did it a little bit when I was. Think of what a lot of guys. I guess I was a little more selfish growing up. Think of a lot what a, a lot of guys gives up to to bring his kids up and, and teach them. I didn't have a father that hunted. So I, I other other guys and and an uncle a little bit, but I, I got it all on my own. You give up a lot. You give up a lot of your time. Uh, you give a lot of your spots, your good spots and you, and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but I take my hat off to you guys. Cause the only time I've never filled a tag during a season is, was the year I took my time off and wanted my trophy was to see my youngest, my daughter, uh, Shoot her first deer, and she shot a 152 incher at 14. Well, so that was my trophy for the year, and I ate my tag that year, and I gave up time and effort to to hunt with her. And I did a little bit uh, with Cody. He same thing, you know, getting up and then um boy, once he figured it out, it was like fucking I don't know where he's at anymore. He's <laughs> even now, he's like he's he's just running and gun, and so I can't keep up with her. But it, I, my hats off to you, brother. Uh, you're doing the right thing, and uh, your son's going to appreciate it when he's when he's older. So, Yeah, he's
0: a dead eye with a bow. He is really, really sharp. And he's just got a good, humble attitude, too. He's just a good kid, smart, does his homework, yep. like studies. Just a good kid. So that's
2: just cool. Don't put him on the boat in Lake Michigan. He'll chum the water for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That poor kid. I'll tell you what. Oh, he was tough. He stuck it out with me on that trip. Um, you know, I got them both on a pair of 20-pounders. It was back-to-back. One after the next nice 20 pound kings and uh we 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 got him in and and uh it kind of slowed down and all of a sudden i'm watching that kid and he puts his head down and i look at jeff and he looks at me he's like yeah he's not feeling good i'm like he's gonna, gonna be, be th- calling di- he's gonna be calling dinosaurs real soon <laughs> and sure enough he he stood up he's like i got a puke where should i go i'm like right over the rail bud i'm so sorry i'm like don't worry about it we're heading back no i don't want to go back i'm like we got to take you back. You're going to be dehydrated if we stay out here.
1: Yeah.
2: But, you know, he, he had the can do attitude and he wanted to be there. So
1: I don't have the legs myself. I'd be, I'd be on the other side of both. It's rough. You take your
0: eyes off that horizon. You're, you're, you're it's, I want I've never the had... water
1: glass like when I'm fishing on it and I got to be able to see the horizon. So yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, if anybody wants to jump into the video chat, I posted a link in our Facebook, um, you know, like thread for, I put a comment in there with the link. So if you want to pop in here and ask Andre a question, you can, we also have the phone number, on the screen here, the the two six two seven five seven forty one twenty two. So I don't have anybody in the queue right now. If anyone wants to pop in, you can. The comments are great, so that's a great way to do it too. I've been sharing those with the screen, um, like I am right now. So Levi said, "You know, patience is key." I, I think you, you know what you were just describing a minute ago. Andre was like playing a long game. You know, you yeah. you have years into some of these spots. You talked about like I know the thermos because I've tested it. I understand what's happening here because I've hunted it. I know what's going on, and sometimes. You got to make those mistakes. That's the best way to learn because you're not going to make that mistake again. Hopefully
1: it might come off as, as cocky sometimes too, but uh, I don't know how my mind works, but I, I see things and I, uh, experience them. Like somebody, I think one of the other podcast guys says, so you think it, you think this is the way that it is. Dude, if I'm telling you, I don't think anything. I know that's the way it is for that scenario. What I, what I was telling you about. I don't know anything about whitetail. I get my ass kicked just like everybody else does. Um, what I've done, cause I'm kind of an excessive compulsive. I was an athlete in that. I need goals to set and something happened with me with the, with the number and the score and shooting the first Pope and young. And then it became about numbers. And that was a goal for me, um, you know, to hunt and to pass up a deer three times, that's five lousy inches smaller than what you want is kind of ridiculous to most people. But I already got 145 inch damage, so I'm, so I'm setting the bar. Um, now we've set the bar, so hiders, you know, it's, there's not a lot of it. Um, here's a, I may be having a broadhead release this year. There's gonna be some shit hitting the dirt this year because I'm gonna need a field test. So, um, you know, go get a recurve, bring your standards down. I still love the game, and I'm waiting for, you know, that right deer. There was a deer, a couple deer actually, I would have shot on my property this year that were uh, uh, that I wanted. You know, to go after and, and they just weren't there. And and just like you guys, you got your hands tied. If if they're not on your property, you can't get to them. Uh there's nothing magical about making them do it. You know. So yep. um and again, patience. Yeah, it is a patience game, but you know, I'm not a patient guy and, and sometimes you just gotta you you gotta you gotta throw the frickin' uh you know, throw it to the wind and go go get them. That's sometimes you can be too too patient and too complacent and just
0: I'm probably more like you in the sense that I'm impatient and I would just throw it to the wind, but I'm not as tactful and I would, I F shit up. So I don't do as good.
1: Don't worry about it though. Everybody does. You know what i think I've screwed. That's how I learned that shit is by screwing. I still screwed up. I don't, but I don't let that bother me. Uh, I don't have the mentality I had when I first started out and guys were writing articles on that. You just, you know, shit, I just blew the whole deal. I'll never get a crack at that deer again. Um, there again, there's there's video and stuff that it shows that that are proof of it. I shot a deer in a freaking neck, checking a scrape line. That thing was running the, the bottoms of one of our leases. Uh, got a shot off it. I thought I missed it clean. Um, I uh, had a screwed up sight. I changed up that stand, not even five yards. That same buck ran that same scrape line the next day, checking it, and I smoked his ass. That's <laughs> and crazy. most guys would have thought this is over. This is done. And then when I found a deer and it had a hole in his fricking neck, that's a ballsy buck that's still running that circuit. He didn't know what the hell hit him or what happened. And, and he's just going to do what he's going to do, you know? So, um, Yeah, they're
0: ballsy too, right? Like they got goals too. They're <laughs> like, I'm in mean, this fucking scrape, man. Like, that's funny. Uh, Gary Gary asked, uh, what's the secret to early season bucks? I don't know that there's just one. We've had some good conversations with this on our tactic talk. And Andre, I should get you on tactic talk when we, when we light that up uh, later this year. It's a seasonal thing, so we won't start that till August. But um, that's a good question.
1: So you guys, Wisconsin, you got an early season. That's that was the honey hole for me years ago. Um, opening day on a licking branch bachelor groups. I mean, you it's like taking candy from a freaking baby. If you find it, you scout it and you hunt it. I don't even have that anymore. Our season comes on October one, and by October one, that shit is over here. So mm. um, I missed that. So if you're a Kentucky hunter, or you can hunt these deer in velvet. If you got the spot where the bachelor group's at and some of your neighbors are not, you're going to have the whole bowl right in your in your lap. And then, what sucks about that? Who the hell wants to shoot a deer opening fricking day and then not having be able to hunt again? You know, with having one tag. Well, now you got multiple seasons, um, different states. What's great about that? If you're a trophy hunter, is you can shoot a decent buck, get the pressure off, and then get cocky and go after you know, something you want for your wall. And, um, maybe you go down Illinois or you go to Kentucky and you can, you you can still hunt per se where years ago you couldn't, you know, you're you're done with your your one buck. So, um, so early, um, in October here too, it's, um, I'll normally have, uh, uh, it's all about food, whitetail early is about food. Uh, problem is they're bedding where they're feeding. Um, so I'll know everywhere. I'm after. And I'll know. I know this property like the the back of my hand now, and I could just just try and get them early if you can. But October's a it's a touchy time of year. Scent control. um, The deer got about the width, not moving as much. Um, So it's it's you know I like to I like to be in their lap. It's the only it's the only way that I have when other guys ain't seeing shit and it's horrible times in October. I'm watching deer bedded by me, getting up, milling around, bedding down again. And I'm right in the, right in the, the shit of it. Because I know that if I'm 50 yards to the right or left, I ain't seeing any freaking deer. They ain't moving. They're already down, you know, before a, um, uh, sun, upper light. So uh, another thing is you'll see some stuff on my show this year is uh, I love crick bottoms where there's bedding areas because those deer have a tendency just to get up, go take a drink, and then go back and bed down. So, You'll get these deer that when they normally aren't moving, they'll make a little move in that uh, in that core area. So, um, and there's a whole bunch of things we can go into on that that I've discovered by hunting elk and whitetail. When well, they're you, part of the
0: same. there's part of the same genome, right? Like they're part of the same
1: kind um, of species, right? This has to do with, to do with the bedding areas, mm-hmm. and I don't know if anybody else has realized that or, or or figured it out. I don't even know if I've been mentioning this on other ones. When you crack the serenity of a bedding spot where there's a deer in there where all the deer are and they're all bed around you it's almost like they went through their process to get there and they can't even believe like i'll get down and walk out of some of these and it's like it's like they and especially with, even with elk it's like how the fuck did he get in here there's all satellites around it there. there's no way there's a guy in here and it's like they just don't have the effect as if on their way in they crack you coming in now it's like holy shit taboo somebody's in there so by properly hunting those spots and learning those therm, how to play those thermals and winds, and not doing the damage and dude, you can burn up you can burn a tree up uh you don't even have to kill a deer out of it big mama doe will learn that's a bad spot she'll teach all her offspring and they'll treat your offspring and um so it's um i don't like to have a lot of other people hunt my stands. if someone's going to screw it up you know, I'd screw it up, but, uh, that's what mobile mobility is about. I can just slide over, go back a little bit or closer and and have a whole fresh new, I call it a virgin sit. Um, think about it. You know, you're hunting in big swamps. There's all those big trees in there. You know how many guys have hunted out of rolls over the years? They all got the old wood stands pounded in there. Everyone goes to that perfect tree. They can see the whole swamp. Oh yeah. Nobody, you know, has ever hunted out of ever before and played a win. And, and that's, man, that's some hunting, um, it's an empowering feeling. So,
0: Oh my God, this is just freaking awesome. Uh, I don't want this to end, but <laughs> <laughs> you're just dropping so much good shit. I'm going to replay the hell out of this thing and I'm going to, I'm going to chop it up into micro content too, but Levi carry. So this is funny because, uh, first of all, Levi is awesome. Uh, he's out of Wyoming. He's a huge elk hunter. And one of the things you said earlier about like letting a lot of these really big deer pass, because they might be like five inches short is you've had a shit ton of observation hits just, observation sits just because you had passed on so many big deer but like a lot of us don't even get eyes on deer that big ever so his question i'd like to tie back to that point is what's the weirdest deer behavior you've ever seen but i would i would add on to that like what what are some things you've seen these big animals do that like maybe some of us you know okay as hunters don't know about
1: so those are going to be kind of two 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 different uh answer his i think uh A mature, huge deer, people say they don't bed together, they don't, um, and I think this has to do with bachelor groups versus, if you get a dominant deer in one bachelor group, dominant deer in another, that is a a mix that's not going to end well. I've watched a, and um, I didn't, this was before all the video stuff, a pretty big, mature deer, actually breed a doe. He popped her, she ran off, he was standing there with his legs caved in, barely could even walk, and he you walked a little bit, and you went and bedded down. And I watched a three-pointer walk up to that deer, and basically, uh, and that deer let him. Basically, that deer just leaned his head sideways and let that little buck spar with one of his antlers on there. And I'm like, this is insane. You'd think that that deer. I've seen deer of that caliber kill, literally kill small bucks. No matter how many falls I had a property once, three bucks. This this big deer was so big. There was nothing else, no com- competition. He was so wound up. He was just looking for something to spar with, and these these damn young deer were just, they were getting murdered. He was popping holes in their guts, and um, uh, there's, there's a weird one. I actually watched, uh, so I, I hunted an area that was, uh, uh, I had it all figured out, nobody did. It was a sanctuary, a, a, a pine area where these deer would get up and move around, and they would not come out of that until pitch dark. And this core area where these big ones would bed, um, it was getting more toward the rut. The bucks were getting wound up, and this was a buck that was going to be possible state record caliber. Um, back then, it was one seventy-seven, and it was a it was a dandy. And he'd get up and just working up and ripping the shit out of stuff. And there was a uh, uh, another small scrub little year and a half old buck in there, and it was almost like it was bawling and crying. And this buck would grunt at that thing, and it would it would run out of there and get away. And that deer would freaking do a weird bark at this this small deer. Like you get your ass over here and fricking spar with me, or I'm gonna fricking kill you. And it, it was like it was going back, like the kid you sent back in the swamp. You know that was <laughs> didn't want to go back in for a drive. It didn't want to go there. And then uh I seen that deer go into the pines. That buck go in there, and it sounded like somebody murdered a baby. And that deer killed that fricking deer. I found that deer later in there, gored it up wow. under the guts, and, and and just. So wound up, and I've been like that a few times at a bar, let me tell you, buddy. Uh you know, you don't want to be <laughs> you wanna that deer should have ran and turned around and never came back and, and went to somebody else's freaking property. But uh so there's some weird things that are that are going on out there and um and the fight to the death. Uh if you look at some of our XOP uh footage of a deer that Cody shot out of your one near deer, that deer came out with all its antlers just covered in blood. I got that thing uh, on, under my stand for, shit, 30, 40 minutes battling with another buck. Uh, it would win the fight and it would sit there and anything that would come out of that field, it would come out and just frickin' destroy it. When I got down at night and got out of there, I was squeezing the cheeks of my frickin' ass like, man, this thing is going to murder me if it thinks I'm another deer. And it was that, that time of year. Now, there's three days that you can go screw up, sent up, do whatever the hell you want. Just get your freaking ass in a tree and you're going to be able to kill something because they don't give a shit anymore, you know? And that's a, that's a big key thing for public ground too. Dude, that's the time to hunt that. They don't give a shit if you're out there and there's people out there, they're going to go do what they're doing, set up, set up in the right spots that you can, anything coming through, you can kill in a spot and hold tight. Let everybody else bump shit around and move around and, uh, and hold tight. So uh, did I miss one of them questions or I think I got off of some rants? No, like you I got did. it, you
0: did you got oh, them there's everything guys. else that's everything else oh. that's here is is commentary at this point you know we can we can uh you know bring the plane in for a landing and end the live feed and we'll love to chat with you offline for a minute here but um you know good questions everybody. thanks for chiming in i mean the the live commentary stuff <clears throat> I think is what helps make us unique, and you know we appreciate you taking time to talk with us because. We don't get to think, talk to folks like you every day that have this kind of experience running a successful company in this space. It's, you know, it's, it's we really, it means a lot to us. It means a lot to our listeners. It means a lot to us as as hosts. It's a big deal for us. So thank you.
1: I, I'm I'm all in, man. I, like I said, I, I decided that, um, you know, years ago, a lot of the stuff, I wouldn't share with other people because you don't want your other people <laughs> going after the deer you're after and, and having them tools to do it. But, uh, guys now and, uh, in the generation now, um, a uh, smarter group of kids They're um you get that combined with some common sense and man look out you're gonna you got the, the recipe to to you know go go far in this uh in this sport so um love it
0: well and just so it doesn't go not being said like guys go to lonewolfcustomgear.com there's a ton of products that we can all drool over and, uh, you know, when I said earlier, take my money, I'm, I mean it. Like, it's not going to be difficult for me to open up my wallet and start just buying shit. So I got to be careful because, you know, I, I did do you our taxes know, over so the old. weekend. So there is some money coming. Uh, <laughs> you know, I might yeah. just have to tell my wife I'm that, here. oh, no, we're only getting this much back, honey. Like,
1: it's okay. A do it, so. yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny that uh, some there was guys on our page that were talking, you know, they've been. And, and here's my niche. So I designed all the stuff from Lone Wolf years. That's all my equipment. So when guys are. They got that system. They love it. It's a little heavier. They've been using it for years. There's really nowhere to go to the next step. So that's where kind of, this is bringing a little lighter, a little more compact. But man, if that stuff's working for you and it's a great, great product, you're, you're just carrying around a little bit more poundage. and You might already have your things figured out. I have no, no quarms or problems. That's mobile hunting. Uh, I was using that shit for, for decades. And um, uh, now we're just taking it, like I said, to the, to the next level. So. Um, I got a bowl holder coming out. Now you guys, I think it'll be, uh, awesome little nifty little product that, uh, guys were, you know, none of the bowls fit in our holder except my bowl. So <laughs> I think we got, we needed to do something there. So I got a lot of, a lot of things I'm listening and I'm actually now asking, I want to know what do you guys, what do you want, man? What are you looking for? What does this industry need yet? I, I know that cold feet's a big one and I think I got that figured out, but I don't know. Is that my next, is that my next deal or is there's uh uh, it, could let be. Me it could be i mean i greg's I've a tinker
0: here I, He he's the gearhead
2: well i don't know if i'm a gearhead i just
1: what is what are people as as what's what's, what's listening
2: i'm sorry i i lost
1: you oh, we broke up you know let me know what's what's the next uh we got the bag now figured out we got everything folding together figured out uh um i got i think uh all the problems with cameras figured out with our camera. I know there's a ton of them out there. I got the, a forgiving bow that I've been shooting uh, for years. I think I got a lot of that figured out. I got to, um, had some ideas and some different stuff on, uh, uh, broadheads, but more. That's going to be, um, there's some stuff out there that's, that ain't broke. You don't need to fix it type of thing. So, um, I know what I like to shoot, what I, you know, what I like, but if there's anything out there, you guys are, uh, um, uh, And not just another design shirt or anything like that. Something, you know, something groundbreaking, please. So,
0: (laughs) Levi said, a scabbard for a bow on a horse.
2: Scabbard for a bow on a horse. Yeah, okay, Levi, but your horse is just going to fall off the mountain again. Stay alive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unreal.
0: Trail cam (laughs) holders. Interesting. Yeah,
2: Yeah. trail. Yeah, trail cam holders or trail cam bases.
1: I mean, your your camera has a base, but oh, for for like for another. that's that's huge. So someone told us we should take that uh, and and make that for and adapt to other cameras. Um, that is the biggest. So I'm I'm still field testing cellular. Um, I'm finding you know still cellular. I have some patents pending on that that I think I have it fixed. Deer just know for some reason the frequencies or they um, they have an inclination that something's there. Uh, I think I fixed that with our. Our cameras, as far as spooking deer for your normal, but just like I did years ago with the stands, I got into the stands, had the best wood stands when wood stands were around, and the whole industry went to aluminum. So here I am jumping in a camera game when everybody's going to the cellular. and I mean, I'm like a a step behind, but um, uh, no, that's a big important thing that where I'll walk the, the borders of my property and be looking to set up my cameras years ago an entire stretch is 100 yards. There's not a spot I can find to put a camera on without trying to level or stick or do it. And now I can take my camera on anything and, um, and strap it and aim it. And there's an aim point where there's no second guessing where it's, you know, pointed at. I got a dot on there. You aim that dot on there and that thing's dead center of uh, um, all your um, sensors. So uh, anything that, um, again, if there's something there that uh, I think I'm pretty much got, uh, and then we're getting to this lightweight clothing now too. By the way, um, I'm liking wear clothing, dude. You can shave off two and a half pounds of clothes with the the proper, you know, synthetics that are out there now too. So everything's coming full circle. Pretty soon, you'll be running around maybe with a six pound uh, combined package on your back and you'll <laughs> yeah, be good to be go. Lovely. All right, so yeah, um, yeah, no, so yeah, keep and let's do. I'm I'm up for doing her again. So
0: no, this is good. This. Should we should probably do another one because now that I don't, the timing of this, we have played around time. We've tried 7 PM. We've tried 6 PM. We've tried different days. It's hit or miss. Everyone's got kids. They're putting a bed or putting in the bath or whatever they're doing, eating dinner, getting off of work. So we're not going to hit everybody, but um, you know, if we do another one, we might get some more folks with different questions, but there's some, yeah. I would encourage you to, to spend time on the comment section here or someone on your staff to go through and look at some of the things people are saying here for making sure you get all the questions and stuff. But and this will be produced tonight. That's how we roll. It'll be live in podcast land tonight. So everyone can listen to the full episode again today, again tomorrow, first thing in the morning on their commute to work, whatever they're doing. So, you know, we, again, we, we I'm quick, you know, I'm not trying to mess around. I got, I got lots to do. So, um, this yeah, is...
1: I appreciate what you guys are doing. Um, keep that up. And I love the humor stuff. That's, I don't know. I'm kind of a, maybe a class clown too, a little bit, but, yep. uh, I love the laugh, man. <laughs> so,
2: uh well you got to i mean it, it's great to take it serious and all but don't take it so serious don't don't right. get too full of yourself because it's exactly. it, i think it takes the fun out of it i like to laugh too and that's yeah. kind of how i've been and all I, my I, life.
1: I don't mind laughing at myself nowadays either because uh, nope. there's some stupid shit out there and boy i could tell you yeah. some stuff when i got started that all right downright embarrassing that i wouldn't even share it yeah. <laughs>
0: that's good we'll see about that <laughs>
2: I think we lost We him.
0: just lost them. Darn it. We'll get them back on here. But hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We're going to the live broadcast. As you all know, uh, we'll produce tonight. So, you know, if you're really hungry to, to listen, you know, tune in this evening. Uh, keep an eye on your uh, podcast. Whatever app you're using will be on there. And otherwise, you can catch us on podcast land, you know, whenever you get around to it. So thanks again.
3: What's up, everyone? Anthony Heller here with DeerVane. Hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. And this week's tip of the week has to deal with understanding how, how, or what time of the year your property sets, sets up best for, and then scouting in the spring um, based on that time frame. So what I mean by that is, if your property sets up really well for early season and 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 your trail cameras go off and you seem to have the best luck during early season, you're going to want to scout kind of food sources and entry and exit routes from those food sources so that in the early season come fall 2021 you have a better idea and understanding of where those trails could or where those deer could come in and out of and you can set up on that and vice versa another scenario would be if your property sets up really well for the rut. Well, the rut tends to be uh, the best stand locations tend to be in pinch points and funnels between bedding areas. So when you're scouting in the spring, you're going to want to find bedding areas, mark them on like on or whatever mapping app you're using, and then try to find pinch points between them so that you can kind of set up and understand uh, stand locations between those bedding areas that you can set up in. So, so scouting doesn't always just mean going to find scrapes, going to find rubs, going to find bedding areas. You want to be intentional with your scouting. And if you understand like, hey, I want to scout for the rut or I want to scout for the pre-rut or I want to scout for late season or early season, and then what factors go into scouting that time frame, um, it can really help you out and keep you on track when you're out in the woods. Because I know if you're anything like me, you have ADD and you just kind of wander all over the place and then go, okay, what did I learn today? And you got to like kind of recap it all in your head. Whereas if you keep that top of mind and you're and you're focused while you're out there, you can look at a scrape and be like, okay, that's cool, but this scrape is probably nocturnal. I never get deer pictures in here during the daylight, so I need to just kind of go, okay, that's cool, but I need to move on and find find some other food sources because my property sets up good for earlier late season or something like that. So I hope that helps, guys. Just just try to be, we're all limited on time and we're all short on time in life, and uh and if you're intentional with your time out there, you can be much more effective. All right. Hope it helps. It was a pretty damn good episode. One
0: uh, that I'll have to replay a bunch to make sure I soak up every little <laughs> last bit of knowledge in there. Thanks again to Andre for coming on to the show. It was pretty awesome. Uh, we have a couple of good guests coming up. Um, I mean, I think every guest is a good guest, but I just wanted to give everyone the, the lineup for the coming weeks here. Uh, On the 16th, we have uh, Marcus with the average conservationist coming up. And then uh, the 23rd, we're talking with uh, Tree Ninja Outdoors uh, with Jason. And then the 30th, we're still looking to book a guest there. We may or may not. We'll see what happens. And then on the 6th of April, we're talking with Bo Martonic from East Meets West. So good lineup uh, up until April. Keep us busy. We'll have plenty to talk about. Um, we want to get talking about some turkey hunting stuff with turkey season, spring turkey right around the corner here. I know that's starting up soon. Uh, got to get up on got to get on some giveaway announcement stuff. So just cooking a couple other conversations there, and then I can actually start to release some information about what we got uh, cooking for everybody there. Um, man, I think that's it. You know, I wish we could go to some of the uh, events. I know the Iowa Deer Classic was just wrapped up and it looked like that was a pretty good time. I know the Madison Deer and Turkey Expo is at the end of March. I don't know if we'll make it to that or not. It was certainly not gonna be like exhibiting there or anything just yet but hopefully next year we'll have a little bit more time to plan and think about how we gonna to, to approach some of that stuff. And boy I think, I don't know, I could ramble on here for a while I suppose. I've had uh, two drop-time Spirit uh, 12-point bourbons so I'm feeling pretty good with that and that's kind of it I went shed hunting over the weekend didn't find anything saw tons and tons and tons of signs so much sign that I didn't really know I called Greg I'm like dude I don't even know like there's so much sign. I don't know where to go Um, so I was trying to think about you know where's the food in relation to where I'm at and and I stumbled upon some bedding and uh, marked some spots that I think could be maybe good but would be really hard to get to without ice covering some of the spots I was at. So I'm not even sure if they would be possible to get to some of these areas without swimming a little bit. So, um, good to get out and do some scouting more than anything. Obviously shed hunting is what I'm trying to do, but you know, my odds of finding sheds aren't too good. So as much as you're looking down for sheds, I think it's also important to be looking up for tree stands. I did find some of those too. So that's good to mark that stuff. So you know where other hunters might be and how they're accessing the property. Um, But I don't mean to take Anthony's uh, thunder away from the tip of the week. So anyway, folks, that's what I got for you. Hopefully everyone has a great week and you enjoyed the show. If you like it, give us a rating and review on iTunes, and uh, we appreciate it. Have a good one. I'm public.